Hello and welcome to Living in the New Next, a mini-series brought to you by Microsoft, sharing business owners' stories about how they've coped and adapted to the challenges caused by the global pandemic. I'm Greta Thomas. And I'm Claire Hatton. Greta and I host the podcast Don't Stop Us Now, and we're really excited to be bringing you this special mini-series as well. We certainly are. In today's episode of Living in the New Next, we meet with the founder of the unique and inspiring organization, Adara Group. The founder's name is Audette Excel. Audette is a lawyer turned investment banker and visionary philanthropist. Adara, the organization she founded and leads, consists of investment banking advisory businesses, as well as a not-for-profit international development organization. What's unique about this group is that all profits from the investment banking side go to fund the philanthropic development work Adara undertakes in Nepal and Uganda. It's a wonderful and innovative model, isn't it? It sure is. And imagine how challenging it must have been for Audette and her team around the world when COVID-19 hit and so many people had to go into lockdown. Absolutely. Particularly because they have communities relying on them, not to mention worrying about keeping all the 250 Adara staff safe as well. For sure. Now, as you're about to hear from Audette, Adara had to rush to get everyone working from home in just one week. And that's not just in Sydney, but it was in Uganda and Nepal and other places as well. Amazing. And what really strikes me about this conversation is that because of COVID, Adara has found new ways of using technology to continue delivering their life-saving and life-changing work, including with prenatal babies in Uganda and remote schools in Nepal. Exactly. And incredibly, they've actually, as you'll hear, reached more lives than ever before because of that. The other thing that's really fascinating is hearing Audette explain the big leadership journey she's personally been on during COVID and how she's learned that she and Adara can do things she never dreamt were possible. And mostly thanks to technology too. It's all pretty inspiring stuff. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the inspiring and dynamic Audette Excel. Audette Excel, welcome to Living in the New Next. Thanks. It's so wonderful to be back with you two. Oh, well, we are thrilled and excited to be having this conversation today. And the way we love to get started with our guests is to ask you, you know, if you were to meet someone at a dinner party tonight, how do you describe to them what you do? I'm the founder of the Adara Group, which is 22 years old, and I'm the chair of all the development entities or an international development an organization at our heart. And I also run the Adara businesses that are the principal funders. So I have a fantastic life that spans the corporate advice markets and chairing an entity that um, works worldwide with people in extreme poverty. Makes my life very, very interesting. I bet it does. And we will be diving in to learn more about the unique model that Adara has and has pioneered, in fact, and the wonderful work it does. But before we do, you know, I detect a little bit of an accent there. Can you tell us, you know, a little bit about your childhood and uh, where you grew up? Sure. Well, I'm a a born and bred and proud Kiwi girl, New Zealand girl, who was lucky enough not only to grow up in New Zealand, but to have a dad who was a journalist who took us to Asia, to Singapore for a period of my childhood, which kind of 
opened the world up to me, I think. And since my time in New Zealand, I had 20 years on the road. So I see myself as a bit of an international, a member of the planet now rather than a member of any particular country. But I'm now living based in Australia on the East Coast. Since COVID struck, I left Sydney and headed south to a little beach town in Mollymook. And I have been running the Adara Global Organization literally from my wonderful mother's home on the beach, three and a half hours south of Sydney for the last nine months. That is awesome. And we're going to dive into a little bit more detail with, you know, how we're all managing to work remotely, but particularly how you and Adara Group are. Before we do, though, you know, what did you want to do and be when you were sort of growing up in New Zealand? I always wanted and knew that I would work in the field of social justice. I didn't know exactly how it would exhibit, but I always knew that I would work in some way as in social activism or in social justice. I never thought I'd use the tools of investment banking, corporate finance and the markets to do that. But I always knew that the journey would be one of trying very much in a small way to make our world a slightly better place. Well, and you're certainly doing that. Now, you know, I know when you left university, I think you went into law and then you moved into banking. What made you then after, you know, a successful corporate career then decide to found the Adara Group? Yeah, it's funny. You know, people who don't know me think that I'm a businesswoman who decided suddenly to give back. And actually, the truth is, I'm not at all. I'm a social justice activist who realized, gee, I need to learn the tools of power and capital to make social change. I had a big moment of decision finishing my law degree around a recognition that, gee, I didn't really understand power and capital, the way money moved. And I profoundly believe that if we don't understand each other and reach across divide, we're not going to affect change. So I decided to leap out of my tribe and go learn banking, go learn insurance, go learn law and the world of private capital and power. But once I'd had a few years doing that and loving it, I realized, okay, now I'm ready. And that's when Adara was born 22 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, you, you were certainly playing the long game there, Odette. <laughs> so can you now really summarize what Adara does and why it exists for our listeners? Sure. So Adara is a strange organization, I think, to people when they first look at us. We're a hybrid. So at our heart, we're an international development organization. We are known globally as specialists in the care to preterm and low birth weight babies in places without consistent electricity supply. So we're premier NICU uh, neonate ICU specialists. We're also amongst the world's remote deliverers of education services. So to give you a sense of that, our most remote project is 25 days walk from the road. And that's right up on the Nepali-Tibetan border. Yeah, it's wow. It's beautiful up there. It's been a spectacular privilege to work with these communities. And embedded into the organization are a couple of corporate advice, investment banking, if you like, businesses. They're the little engines that could of the Adara Group. And their job is to get up every day give advice to some of the biggest companies in Australia and all the fees that we make from that work go to support our work with women and children in extreme poverty through the development organisation. And how many people actually work for the group these days? We have about 255 on payroll of development specialists, many in Uganda, many in Nepal. We've got a small but mighty global health team in Seattle. We've got a 
research team in Montana, and we got the global support hub in the businesses in Australia. So it's, it's yeah, it's just over two hundred and fifty on payroll. Wow, you know that's a fairly decent size organization, and you know one that's obviously truly global. Just thinking about all these staff that you've got doing such amazing work on the ground, but in Uganda, Nepal, and then you've got, as you say, Seattle and, and Montana and Sydney. How important is good and easy communication and collaboration between you all? It's everything. Being able to coordinate and collaborate, whether you've got an investment banker doing a big deal advising on an equity capital raising in Sydney, or you have a midwife working for our partner hospital or the global health team in Seattle or in Nepal, but in this age where we can't be together physically, Technology has been everything. You know, can you take us back to, you know, what was running through your mind in March when suddenly it was, okay, everybody, this is really serious. It's a pandemic. Don't go to work. Don't go to the office. Yes. What a time March, April was for all of us, for our world. What was running through my mind as the leader of this global organization? First of all, how am I going to lead my team from behind the lines? Secondly, how am I going to keep them all safe? Thirdly, how do we keep doing our incredibly important work? when lockdowns are happening so fast everywhere, yet the work is going to be more needed than ever. How do we keep talking to each other? How do we keep collaborating with each other? How do we keep loving each other? What was going through my mind? I think like everybody else in the world, my mind was being blown. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and it's just not a good feeling to get to the end of the year and realize, crikey, we made it. We touched more lives than we've ever touched before. We still laugh together. We still love each other. We're still connected. We may not be wrapping our arms around each other physically. Everybody is working productively. Everybody is being cared for. So how have you managed to do that? How have you managed to completely change going into offices and work remotely? The first thing actually in terms of how we've done it is uh, we realize very fast, okay, we need to throw the plan out and we need to write a brand new plan. And we probably did that within two weeks of the whole thing unfolding. It was quite a, a big thing to biff out your entire plan for the year and start all over again. And we started the planning on the basis of what tools do we have in our toolkit to deliver service and what are our priorities, including safety of our staff. And it actually was a fascinating process because so we worked online, obviously, with our teams around the world using various different forms of collaboration software and technology to, to work together visually as well as to work together through documents online. A lot of stuff we did this year, we're going to continue to do no matter what happens with COVID. We've learned to be a better organization, to be a more efficient organization, to be able to connect, to, to be more inclusive, to connect to more people, even though we've been locked in our homes. Is there one particular technology tool that has enabled that or is it just you've had to kind of change the way you work wholeheartedly? There's a number of tools that we've used. So we have very good core systems right to start with. So we use Microsoft 365. We have a good CRM. We've got Dynamics. You know, we've got the full suite. We use SharePoint for great pieces of our work. So we had really good core systems. We added to that a, from a whole suite of new systems that have been great. Everybody in Adara around the world has two screens, headsets, cameras, keyboards, uh, laptops or PCs at home, a safe working environment. We will not change that. Even if we start or as we start 
to flexibly go back into some form of physical office space in different places, we will leave people forever with beautifully set up home offices. Gosh, so Odette, did you did you invest in that as part of your response to COVID? Yes. So we immediately, it's funny, it was lucky probably, I was in New York in February. And while I was in New York, I was realizing, wow, this is incredibly serious. And I remember the flight, it was the last flight home from New York to Australia, actually, I think before they started quarantining people, I was just got out of New York because it was starting to blaze up. And all the way home, I thought about, oh my God, I've got to get my teams to work from home all over the world. And the poor, wonderful, we have a wonderful senior IT, David, and I came back and said to him, we're going to work from home around the world. And I mean, within this next week. And I remember him looking at me like, this woman is completely crazy. But yes, we put money against it immediately. I thought we're responsible for our teams. We cannot be having them working on laptops on their beds. We need proper setup. And all year we've worked to improve setup. So yes, there's been some really serious capex for us to do that, but now it's in place uh, and it's working. We will give people a level of flexibility I never dreamed was possible as we sort of move into whatever you know the next the next steps of our new world look like. That's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. Yeah. Do you think you would have done that? You know, you would have made those investments if COVID hadn't hit. No, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I realized how close my mind had been. And isn't that the journey of life? We're constantly trying to push up against your cage of your own thinking, and me too. So I'm 57. I've been pushing up against a lot of cages in my own thinking for a long time. <laughs> and here was another one, you know, what I believe was possible in terms of flexible workforces, getting people set up to work from home, how fast people would, because of beautiful underpinning technology we've got now you know we're living in this global world that is online mostly not all our projects obviously have access to the internet or even radio but no i would never have been capable of pushing my thinking that far so how wonderful you know that it's our thinking's been uncapped like this and we're a better organization because of it yeah incredible and can you share some examples of how technology's changed the work you do in the field a very, very low-tech example is radio education. And I know people don't often think about radio as technology, but it really is technology. Some of the greatest technology, really, even if it's uh, last century technology. When the schools were all shutting down in the 16 schools, we're very, very concerned about keeping kids connected to education. And in communities where we don't have the internet, we started doing both formal and informal radio education and getting the teachers who work for us Instead, to be giving radio messaging and coordinating all that, our education team coordinating all that, and actually that's the work that's touching thousands more people. That is awesome. You mentioned you bought new tablets. Can you give us an example of how you've been using tablets? We use tablets, for instance, loading up onto tablets, short videos on, for instance, breastfeeding, how you feed a a tiny wee preemie baby or um, quite complicated things that um, you might need to know if you're a midwife in Uganda or you're a nurse in Uganda, how you put an an IV into a tiny baby. Instead of our teams being there, our international medical teams, or being able to get specialist care, you can actually download those videos onto laptops, onto phones, so that the teaching happens right there and then on the tablet rather than in person. So we use WHO's Anthroid, which is software for nutrition analysis. So we can get that loaded up on people's devices. So there's just been this whole range of ways that we've been able to collect data and teach and be present. So, and I'll give you an example of that. We were just about to begin a really important uh, step for us, which we have for years worked on 
bubble CPAP, we call it, continuous positive airway pressure to newborns, particularly preemies. And we have 50 CPAP devices sitting in Uganda about to begin peer-reviewed trials. COVID happens, that has to stop, obviously, while we work to deal with the crisis and make sure that everybody is safe and proper service is being delivered. Now, we're going to start those CPAP trials, but our global health teams from Seattle aren't going to be there. So our amazing Ugandan teams are going to lead that work. But the fact is that global health teams aren't going to be able to be there. They're just going to be beaming in <laughs> into a tablet uh, side by side, making sure that all the knowledge, support and training is given so that our Ugandan teams do not feel alone as they go through the incredible process of starting to administer CPAP to hundreds of babies for those trials so that we can take that work forward. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, you know, you get the right piece of often modern technology and it can transform lives. You mentioned dynamics earlier and, you know, CRM and staying in touch with customers or in in your case also donors can be a really big task for all organizations. And how has dynamics evolved how you use it during COVID, if at all? Yeah, actually, I talk about two pieces on that, if I may, on the business side. Gosh, collecting information on all the people that we touch and uh, have business relationships with or want to have business relationships with. Gee, that's hard, isn't it? There's so much knowledge in people's heads. Took me a while before I realized, yeah, you need a really good CRM to be able to have a central repository of appropriately stored knowledge. And so dynamics being incredibly important. And particularly, I think, in your global organization, actually, that's not just the business. But on the international development, we can have multiple people working with a particularly important contact or organization and everybody needs to know what everybody else is doing. So having a repository of that information that's easy to work, that's cloud-based, that you can access at reasonable speeds from around the world has been really important. So CRM's really mattered to us. The other thing that we really worked on a lot is SharePoint. So the second business we have corporate finance business is quite an unusual model where we have a panel of some of Australia's most senior investment bankers working for us pro bono, giving advice to major corporations. We charge for their advice, but they work for us pro bono. So I'm talking about seniority of, you know, the guy who runs Goldman Sachs Investment Bank and the guy who runs Cities Investment Bank and some of the the leading people in, in Australia in the corporate advice markets. So we had to figure out how could they give that advice. They work in pairs, cross their competitive boundaries. So, you know, somebody in one investment bank working with someone in another. How can we make sure that advice, the work on that, never goes inside their home firms because they work for us as individuals, as volunteers outside their home firms, but they have to be available 24 hours a day. How can we store that information? Effectively, how can we run corporate advice teams in a distributed fashion? And we spent a lot of time looking at what the investment banks, corporate advice houses do. And I have to say, I was staggered at how badly they manage documents and how often how technology is actually an obstacle for them rather than an enabler. So we created something called the Adara Playground. It's underpinned by SharePoint. And so it's cloud-based, dual-authenticated, secured down to the deal level. And it means that Somebody sitting in Goldman Sachs, who's who's a panel member for us, can access all that information at the same time as somebody else who might be the chair of the ANZ Bank can access that same information at the same time as our core teams inside Adara can access that information. And they're all working on that information together. They're all able to access it safely and securely, and it doesn't matter where in the world they are. So 
nothing more powerful. So when it comes to considering any other technologies that are going to really help the Adara business, what's on your wish list right now? Oh, there's so much. Gee, there's some cool stuff happening, isn't there? We have a best practice and, and um, uh, innovation department uh, in Montana and Kimber, who leads that, is always coming up with the next cool idea for us. I really want to learn drones. I think the team is really interested in drones. Just think about that. If you can't walk 25 days anymore because you're in lockdown, boy, you can send a drone, you know, so service delivery by non-human means in remote settings. That's really big for us. And what do you think are the technology challenges that you're going to really look at and tackle next year? I think we need to be very conscious of privacy. We deal with a lot of people's private information, whether it's healthcare, whether it's our own staff's private information. Once you start throwing everything up in central depositories and everybody's feeding in, you need to really watch that. You know, if you had one piece of advice for someone running an organization, particularly if they to have workers, you know, in different locations, when it comes to adopting new technology, what would your advice be if they're hesitant or reluctant or maybe even a little bit nervous? Yeah, good question. My first piece of advice would be focus on the core, even if you have to not expand your service delivery for a year or two while you get the core right. Having the core infrastructure really helps. Now, we're 22 years down the track. So, you know, thank goodness we're in the position where we do have good core infrastructure. But, you know, you can't deliver a great service, a great health service or a great educational service unless you've got great core. Absolutely. You know, it sounds like you've been on this incredible journey through COVID with yourself and Adara. What have you learned about yourself from this experience? Hmm. I've learned there's still so much that I don't know. This year, I had to really reach as a leader to try to understand uh, how to lead and, and what was really happening. So, you know, huge learning curve. I've had to learn how to lead in a different way. I tend to be a sort of, you know, let's all charge over the hill and I'll go first type. doesn't work in the age of COVID. I've learned to question my thinking. I thought I had pretty good unlimited thinking, but I didn't. <laughs> so I've learned to keep questioning. Is that assumption right? Is that assumption right? I've learned to be present. I'm not thinking so much now about where I've got to be tomorrow or the next day. I've learned not to worry so much about what's coming next. I hope I'm a better leader. I think I probably am. It sounds like it. Isn't it going to be nice, though, when we get to wrap our arms around each other? Absolutely, it is. I can't wait to get to my teams in Uganda and Nepal. Yeah, I can imagine. And what have you learned about yourself in using technology? <laughs> I've learned that even a barbarian like me, you know, as somebody who truly was a technophobe, I have learned that it can expand our ability to touch lives beyond belief. I have learned that I need to keep learning. I wish I understood why ones and zeros are the foundation of everything in the world. Mm -hmm. But I've learned that technology can truly, I mean, the way we connect to each other as a globe, it's astonishing. So I've learned I need to keep learning and I need to uncap my thinking. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's also this last sort of six months or so experience working remotely from COVID has actually changed your destiny in terms of where you think you're going to like live. Yes, you're right. I've learned that I can live in Mollymook on the beach <laughs> and still do a, a hopefully halfway decent job. Enhances my life beyond measure because I'm with my amazing mother down here, walking on the beach every day and talking to the trees every day, and I'm still doing the job that I should be doing for my team. So how magical is that? 
Well, Audette, thank you so much for sharing yours and Adara's journey through this crazy period that we've all been going through. It's been absolutely fascinating. Now, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you, find out more about Adara, where would they go? Oh, thanks for asking that. Websites, adaragroup.org or adarapartners.org. But you can also find us on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. I try very hard not to say inappropriate things on Twitter. But Adara is there too, and so am I. In my name, um, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook. We love social media, so we're easy to find. Just type our name in the browser bar or type my name and you'll find us. And we love to be connected to people who want to make the world a better place. So love it if any of your listeners want to connect to us. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time and generosity. We really appreciate it. And we will see you very soon. Uh, it's been so nice talking to you too.